Sometimes we carry that burden of guilt with us, which the Lord did not mean for us to carry. And yet, we don't want to let it go. We struggle with it. It could be from years ago that we struggle with that guilt. You know, I, I, this painful lesson came to me when I was young. Back in Nebraska, we used to go fishing all the time. We went to the Platte River. It was my sisters, my brother, uh, and myself. And we went fishing. Of course, being young, we were using a whole lot of bait. Because as soon as anybody's a fisherman, if you put it on the hook wrong, you cast, your bait's gone. Okay? So my dad had to dig up some more worms. And so he tells us, all right, I'm going to go back here, dig up some worms. You guys stay away from the edge of the bank. Well, I mean, that's like putting a don't touch wet paint sign up, you know. So here I am accidentally venturing too close to the bank. And it's only a one or two foot drop. But I get to the edge of the bank. Banks are sandy. They give way. The bank gave way. Into the river I went. My sisters are screaming and hollering. My dad comes running from wherever he was, digging up worms, dives into the river, pulls me out, and all is good. Until I try to explain why I did what I did. Okay. It didn't matter that my, it caused my sisters to scream and holler. It didn't matter that dad and I got all wet. It didn't matter that the fishing trip was over because we're both soaked. What had happened is I disobeyed my dad. That disobedience led to everything else. Okay. Everything else happened because of that disobedience. The painful part of that lesson came when I got home. But I learned. And my dad forgave me because we went on more fishing trips. And that was a blessing to go on. Every, everybody who knows you get to go with mom and dad or dad on a fishing trip is awesome. But my dad forgave me. But for so long, I hung on to that, that it was like if the bank was 10 feet away, I'd only go 8 feet. Why? Not just because of the painful memory, but because I didn't want to disobey my dad again. So let's turn to Hosea chapter 14. And I'm going to read chapter 14, and I'm going to read from uh, the New Century Version, okay? The reason today while I'm going to read from them is because it's pretty self-explanatory. It, it's simple to understand, it's easy, um, and it, it, we don't have to try to figure out all kinds of things. They actually made it, this particular chapter, really easy to understand. So are we there, church? Hosea 14? All right, let's go ahead and read. Verse 1. O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. And he's not talking about stumbling into the river. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously. You know what? I am sorry. That's New King James. Let me get to. I'm going to start over. Sorry about that. 
Verse 1, here we go, New Century Version. Israel, return to the Lord your God because your sins have made you fall. Come back to the Lord and say these words to him. Take away all our sin and kindly receive us, and we will keep the promises we made to you. Assyria cannot save us, nor will we trust in our horses. I'm in verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 3. Hosea 14, verse 3. We will not say again our gods to the things our hands have made. Crucifixes, crosses, medallions, none of that that is made by man is going to help save us. You show mercy to the orphans, verse 4. And I like this here on verse 4 because the Lord says what he is going to do if we return to him. The Lord says, I will forgive them for leaving me and will love them freely because I am not angry with them anymore. I will be like the dew to Israel and they will blossom like a lily. Like the cedar trees in Lebanon, their roots will be firm. They will be like spreading branches, like beautiful olive trees and the sweet smelling cedars in Lebanon. The people of Israel will again live under my protection. They will grow like the grain. They will bloom like a vine and they will be as famous as the wine of Lebanon. Israel, have nothing to do with idols. I, the Lord, am the one who answers your prayers and watches over you. I am like a green pine tree. Your blessings come from me. A wise person will know these things, and an understanding person will take them to heart. The Lord's ways are right. Good people live by following them, but those who turn against God die because of them. This lesson, again, should be for each and every one of us. Not just because we were sorry of, uh, of what happened or we got caught, but the fact that we disobeyed God Almighty, that we disobeyed our Lord. And all we have to do, instead of just trying to uh, blubber along to the Lord and, and confess to him that uh, whatever, I didn't mean to do it. Whatever excuse we can come up with, we just have to repent and come back to our Lord. And just like he says, he's going to forgive us. Why? Because he loves us freely. Just like we were talking about dying on the cross, he did it. Why? Because he loves us. It was, <laughs> that's amazing that he would do that for us. So I ask you, are you grieved? that you chose to disobey somebody? Or are you just sorry that you got caught? Are you grieved because of the consequences? Or are you truly repentive in your heart? Then return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. He promises to forgive you. That's a promise that we, it's there. His promises are real. They do not, he does not break a promise to us. Repentance keeps the way clear in our walk with God. And we all want to have a clear path to our Lord. After all, he knows us better than ourselves anyway. He knows what our weaknesses are. He knows what memories we have from the past that seem to bring us down, that seem to cause us to commit the same sin over and over. He already knows that. He knows your upbringing. He knows what's going on in your life, what happened back when you were a child. 
What's happening now? He knows that. So wherever you are in your Christian walk, all these struggles, all these things with your attitude, all these things with your actions, they need to be changed. We need to repent and return to the Lord. Why? Because he's going to forgive us. He's going to forgive us. We don't have to carry that guilt. Even though we do sometimes as believers. We need to let it go and not worry about it. Paul calls it the sin that dwells within us. God knows the forces that drive us to do what we do. He knows the intent of our heart though. He knows when we want to do what's right. He knows when we want to love on others. He knows the shame that we feel when we stumble along the way. Again, he also is quick to forgive us when we confess our sins, when we repent of our sins. When we look at 1 John 1, 9, this tells us that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness, a little bit of unrighteousness, from all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. How awesome is that? Again, because when our heart co- wants to condemn us, it, we need to let it go because God already knows. First John 3.20 tells us, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. Hallelujah. That is awesome. So if you have trusted Jesus as your... Am I still on? Oh, there it goes. If you have trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and your heart condemns you, know that God still loves you. Again, guilt is a burden that God's never intended his children to carry. We don't have to walk around with that. We have to let it go. So in dealing with ourselves, we need to forgive. But what about others? What about others? The brethren. We all want to have the need to be forgiven. Are we doing it? Let me give you a quick example here. There's a Christian brother. He's reading in the Old Testament. He's in there about uh, reading about the restitution and the pro- uh, for theft and the property loss. And he's trying to figure out how in the heck is this going to apply to him today? And while he's thinking about it, boom, in pops his head. Bill's air pump. Bill was supposed to be here today. He's not here. Oh, the other Bill. I was going to give him a hard time. But. Bill's air pump. A couple months ago, he had borrowed Bill's air pump to inflate a bicycle tire. Just as he was finishing up with it, the pump broke. He didn't mention anything to it when he returned it to his neighbor. He didn't say a thing about it. He just took it back to him. But it was laying on his heart that he knew what God wanted him to do, but he didn't do it. He's going to church after a couple of months of this heaviness in his heart. He's getting ready to write that check for tithing. And he remembers what it tells us in Matthew about being right with our brothers before we leave that gift there. So he doesn't write the check. He goes out and he gets a new pump. He goes over to Bill's house to return it to him. And he apologizes for what he did. He makes it right with it. It costs him $10 and 
several months of misery. Bill didn't know anything about it because he never used the pump in all that time. But he accepted the new pump. He accepted his apology and he forgave him. That's how easy it was. So does this remind you of anybody you know? Ooh, it's quiet. But does this remind you of anybody you know? We're all capable of doing something like this. Like Paul said, we are sinners. We were born into this nature. And he knew we all deserve punishment. But even though Paul went through all the things he went through as far as when he was in uh, chasing Christians, excuse me, chasing Christians, he knew that his life was full of compassion now because the Lord was compassionate with him. He knew that he needed to have mercy on others because the Lord was merciful to him. And he knew he needed to show patience because the Lord was patient with him. It took many a years before the Lord touched my heart. He had been knocking on it a long time. And finally, after 45 years, I finally realized that I need Jesus in my life. So ask the Lord to show you where you've come up short with that brother or sister in Christ. Ask him to, to confess your faults to others. Who have you been listening to? Have you been listening to the flesh or have you been listening to the spirit? Do you, husbands, wives, do you go to bed angry? And then you wake up even angrier. Is the enemy using someone in here to get to someone else? Are you obeying what God has asked you to do? Because when we see in ourselves um, that we need to forgive someone and we actually do it, that is no superiority on our part. That is the mercy and compassion of Jesus Christ in us that's allowing that. Sometimes in order to make things right, we need to admit that we were wrong. Is it easy? No. It was hard enough for me to say the word. But we have to admit it sometimes. Nobody likes to be known as, like Paul, the lawbreaker, chief of sinners. Nobody wants to be known as that. We all want to be known as the winners, as conquerors. Just like it says in Romans 8, we are more than conquerors. And it's like, yes, hallelujah. Paul is telling us in Romans 8 that Jesus came and died on the cross to pay the penalty for you and I, for our sins. And that is awesome. We all love verse 1 about condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's the rest of that verse? Anybody, what's the rest of that verse? Uh, we love the first part of it, but what's the second half of that? Who do not walk according to the flesh. Uh-oh. But according to the Spirit. I got the first part of that verse down pat. The second part of it is where I struggle. Walking in the Spirit. Now, I know I'm probably the only one in here like that, but you have to forgive me. <laughs> but the circumstances in our life, sometimes, yes, they're going to make us feel alone. It's going to make us feel like we're defeated. 
But you know what? We are more than conquerors. And that's what we need to hang on to because nothing can separate us from the love of God. That's why he died on the cross for us, because he loves us. So is there someone from your past who has made you angry and that seed of bitterness has begun to grow or continues to grow? Remember, Jesus not only forgave you of your sins, but he's going to forgive them if they ask for it, of their sins. Don't be imprisoned by the seed of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Don't be like Paul, where it take, took him to get knocked off his horse to realize and to be blind for three days to realize that he needs Jesus, Jesus in his life. Like he said, we are all sinners. We're born to it. We're all rebels. Every single one of us are rebels. We might have heard something like this before, but I'm putting the Gilbert turn on it here. But we are all rebels. And I'm going to tell you straight up, we are. Why? Because we, that's our nature. We were born into it. We are in this world, which is against God. We're in a prison, let's say. We are held here because of our own choice, because of the things that we did. If we choose to get out, we choose to get out. But right now, we're in this prison cell. We're not escaping. We are headed toward eternal destruction. And the enemy, because of our rebellion against God Almighty, knows this. When he comes at the end, when our time is up, when he comes at the end, he is going to send us eternally, eternally separated from God. And that is the worst possible thing that we could even imagine. We're in this prison cell. We can't escape. We're behind these bars that cannot be cut. They're harder than diamonds. And we're back there hollering, help. We have no hope. All we see is darkness. We go before the judge. He executes the final judgment. And just before sentence is executed on you, in walks your intercessor, your Savior. Jesus Christ walks in, stands between you and the accuser. And he takes that blow that was meant for you. He takes that whip that was meant for your back. He's crucified on the cross and takes those nails for you. God died on the cross for you. Why? Because he loves you. He made it simple. That's what He died on that cross for you and I. We can, you know, and that is fabulous news. That is awesome. And that's the truth. But what are we doing with it? What are we doing with that? Are we just still hiding in that prison cell saying, thank you, God? The outside of the sign said condemned, separated eternally from hell, guilty. No, when Jesus Christ died and you realize what he did for you, that sign outside that prison cell changes. It changes to say forgiven. It changes to say redeemed. It changes to say saved. Hallelujah. That should get us all fired up. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. Your intercessor comes in and takes all that away from you. But we don't want to stop there, church. We don't want to let it go. We don't want to just be in there saying, thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for, for changing the sign outside of the prison cell. We want to do more for our Savior. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for us, and that is awesome. 
again, but what are we doing about it? God's word says, or God says, check the cell. Check the cell door. It's open. It's unlocked. The cell door is unlocked. Walk out. Choose to get up and follow after Jesus and enjoy the, the life of G in Jesus Christ. You are free from all of that. You have been forgiven from all of that. Walk out. Are we doing it? Are we stepping out? Are we walking out that door? The prison cell is no longer going to keep us in there in bondage. We are free. So when you get outside, your ride's waiting for you. There's transportation waiting for you. We're in Buckeye, so it can be a horse. I prefer a libo. It can be a chariot, whatever. But there's a ride waiting for you with a driver. And you're like, what's going on? And then this driver says, you realize what Jesus has done for you? I'm going to take you into the very near presence of Jesus Christ. Whoa. What? Me? I'm a rebel. I, I stood against Jesus. People could try to talk to me about Jesus, and I would spit in their face. And he wants me in his presence? Yes, he does. He wants you in his presence. He wants to meet you. He wants to, you to live where he's at. We can't, it, it's too hard to believe. And then we realize again how broken we are when we realize what God, what Jesus has really done for each one of us. Dying on the cross. Setting me free from this world, this prison. And then inviting me to come and live in his presence. How awesome is that? And then he says, well, wait a minute. I got another job for you. And I, I'd be like, what? You want me to work for you? you want, me? And he says, yes. I want you to go back into that world. I want you to go back into that prison and tell others about me to tell them my truth, to tell them about my love and what I did for you to set you free. That's what we need to continue to do. That's what we need to do. And hopefully we say, yes, Lord, in a heartbeat, I'll go. And God says, wait a minute. I need to forewarn you. I'm going to send you out like sheep amongst the wolves. They're going to try to kill you. They're going to try to destroy you. They're going to hate you. They're going to persecute you just because of my name. What are you going to say? I don't care, Lord. Send me. Send me, Lord. You shed your blood for me. I'll shed my blood for you. Take my body, Lord. Take my body and spend it any way you want. I want to go for you. Lord Jesus, use me. Remember, we're not just sitting in this cell. The Lord wants us to step out and get this. The commission, the commission that he's given us, not just a penalty for sin, not just a problem of sin, not just the adoption as a son or daughter of Jesus Christ, but now the commission. It is awesome to represent God Almighty. People want you, look in the mirror, want you to represent God Almighty. That is awesome. That is a privilege beyond all other privileges. We should be excited about that. 
I get to go talk about Jesus today. Hallelujah. He says, go. Go and make disciples of all men. Go and preach my gospel. Go and don't be ashamed of the gospel. Preach it. Why? Because the lamb that died on the cross for you and I is worthy of the gifts and receiving the gifts that we owe him. He is worthy of it because of his suffering. And he says, All right, you're getting ready to go out. And he says, wait a minute, one more thing. One more thing. The greatest blessing of all. He wants to come and live inside of you. He wants to come and send his Holy Spirit to live inside of you. What a blessing that is. And the world just doesn't understand that. And that's why we have to go into this world. We have to go back into these prisons, this world, and tell others about it. And it seems to turn the world upside down. Because if we go in our own strength, we're going to fail. If we go out there and try to do things on our own, we're going to fail. Even though we're willing, we are still going to fail. And the Lord says, you know what? I'm not sending you out to lose. I'm sending you out to be a victor. I am sending you out because my Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And even though the wolf pack surrounds us, we will not back down. Why? Because we stand on the authority and the word of Jesus Christ. We don't go out to war to lose. We go out to war to win. That's why. If I lost my place. So, Lord, you know what? Take me. Use my body. You want to come and live within me. I'm choosing. I'm calling on the name of Jesus. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take those hands of yours and I'm going to make them my hands. I'm going to take those feet of yours and I'm going to make them my feet. I'm going to take that heart of stone and I'm going to turn it into a heart of flesh so that everything you think about is going to be through me. I want your prayers to be prayers that I would want. I want your eyes to see what I want you to see in this world. Will you allow me to overtake your life? Will you allow Jesus Christ to overtake your life? And then will you be obedient to the commission? Again, because when we go, we go with faces of lions. Why? Because we have the living God, the consuming, almighty, sovereign God living within us. Again, he does not going to send us out to lose. He's going to send us out to win. All the powers of hell and earth cannot stand up against our God. Our God is a sovereign God. He will trounce all the enemies of this earth. And even though, again, we look weak spiritually, greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. That is awesome. And that's the good news. That's the good news. And that's a lot better than what's being dealt out today in the modern church. We need to talk about Jesus Christ. We need to let people know about the gospel. We need to proclaim the gospel and not be ashamed of it. So ask the Lord, Lord, I'm yours. Take me. Take me. Send me. Send me out there with yourself planted firmly in my heart because I cannot bring you the glory that you deserve. Why in the world would I even want to try? 
And the Lord says, you don't have to go on your own. You don't have to pull off the impossible on your own. You don't have to fail any longer. Your God is ready to do it in and through you. You can't do it on your own. You can't muster up the strength. You can't muster up the words to say. You can't muster up the perseverance or the fortitude. He can. You can't love the lost. You can't love, can't love those who spit on you. He can. Let him do the work through you. Don't pray that the God of love would teach you how to love. Ask the God of love to fill you with his love. Don't pray that the God of joy would teach you how to have joy. Pray that the God of joy would fill you with his joy. And don't pray that he would teach you how to be peaceful. Pray that the Prince of Peace would fill you with his peace. And then go out into this world. And then go into this prison. And let others know how much you have been forgiven. And that you have been set free. This world, this prison needs to know that. Amen? Worship team, you can come on up, please. So finally, we have been given the power and the authority over the enemy. Can you bring that up, please, Andrew? We have been given the power and the authority over the enemy. Don't give that power back to the enemy. He can't do anything with us unless we allow him to. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you the authority. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. How awesome is that? That is So do not give the enemy back. Why? Because we are more than conquerors for those who loved us. Or for because of through him who loved us. Because of Christ and his unfailing love, we are forgiven. We are winners. And although this life at times is going to bring us pain, Christ will bring us through this pain. If we continue to trust and obey his word, he will give us the joy and the victory. Think less of the church. Think less of the power of the things over you and think more of the power of Jesus Christ in you. That is what we stand on. That is the power of God Almighty. Stand on it, trust in it, and know that he is king. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word and how powerful it can be, Father. We ask that uh, each one of us continue to have a desire to draw nearer to you through your word, Lord. And we look forward to what you're going to bring us this day, sweet Jesus. May we be obedient to the commission, Father. May we, may we continue to trust you, knowing that you are greater than what is greater than what is in this world. Again, we thank you for this opportunity to come together, Lord. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. And we all said, Now the worship team is going to play a song. Uh, for those who may be new, we open up the altars for. Oh, can I get everyone to stand, please? We open up the altars for a uh, prayer. If you have a need, come forward, okay? Um, Pastor Clay will come up, myself, and Heidi.
So come forward. It's only going to be the length of a, uh, of a prayer. I'm sorry, the length of a song. And, um, and then we'll dismiss.